Hallelujah. Good morning. Good morning. No. <laughs> well, it's good to see you. What is this doing here? It's in the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody said interest. <laughs> hey, so one of the things I want to do is I don't have these numbers memorized. But, uh, you know, the Lord said earlier in this year, this is our year of increase. And I want to show you what the Lord has increased so far. And so, well, will you put up those numbers on the increase? God cares about the overflow of his people. Because in 2 Corinthians 9, it says this, that you will have an abundance for every good work. So how can you have an abundance for every good work? And how can you do every good work if you don't have an abundance? But how can you have an abundance? abundance if you're not believing for that and you know that God wants you to have those things. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith, right? So that world there represents lack. So if you have a lack in your life, the victory that will overcome it is your faith. But we've got to know the will of God to put faith in it. Faith begins where the will of God is known. So when you see that God wants you to increase, when you see that he wants you to go higher, now your faith has something to grab a hold of it and make it yours, right? And so we did a series at the beginning of the year talking about being out of debt and having an increase in our life. And this is what the Lord has done in the lives of the people here and the partners so far. And it's actually more than this. I, I still got to add some big numbers to it and I'm, maybe I'll get around to that but show them that show them the increase numbers just go through the slides if you have that yay I can tell them to you that's all right I got them right here do y'all have those the increase numbers okay Listen to this. The total salary increase in the body and in the partners this year, this means salaries have gone up 120,349. Glory to God. That's salary that will be every single year from these increases. The total debt that was erased is $168,382. Glory to God. That, that's big. That's life-changing. And the total, this is extra increase, just money we weren't expecting, $52,750. Glory to God. Now, like I said, I've got some big numbers to go along with that. Now, the other thing that I want to look at is the salvation numbers. The total number of, of commitments to Christ this year is 463. Amen. Glory to God. That's people that will be with Jesus for eternity, not be in hell. Is that something that's worthy of praise? Amen. God's doing something. It's awesome. How many people... Hey. And some of these numbers may be yours. They might not be yours. But one thing that you find out is what you celebrate, you're in line for. Yeah. What you celebrate, you're in line for. Amen. Hear that. What you celebrate, you're in line for. There you go. Hallelujah. See, I told you they had them. <laughs> what you celebrate, 
you're in line for. So if you hear the increased numbers or you hear things like that and you're like, well, I sure wish it was me. Well, you're not celebrating that. You don't, you have no expectation or faith that you're in it. You're just, you're just complaining about other people having it. God blesses the whole body, right? The, the rising tide rises, raises all boats, right? The, the Bible says this, it rains on the just and the unjust. In other words, because the just are in the land, even the unjust are blessed because the church is there. Well, when you start to see God blessing his people and God blessing leaders and God blessing everybody, you can realize the anointing of God is there and he is bringing blessings to everybody. How many people want to receive some of that? Amen. Glory to God. That's life changing stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to tell you a story. Um, I'm not sure if they have this ready. Uh, that's all right. If you don't have it, it's fine. Just if you do have it, play it. But when I get to it, um, this week, how many how many people remember last week and uh, the message that we had? You remember? Basically, we just started worshiping, and uh, then I asked the question. The Lord led me to ask this question: What are we doing? Why are we worshiping like that? And the answer was, we're moving into his presence. Because in, in the presence of God, you really don't have any problems. The issue is that many of us don't stay in his presence, or the devil comes and he brings storms, and he won't... His whole purpose is to get our eyes off of Jesus and to get out of his presence. But when we just start praising God, when we just start praising God, all of a sudden you move into his presence. And in his, what's going to survive in the consuming fire of God? In the consuming fire of his love? What's going to survive there that's a problem? What lack is going to survive in the presence of God? Now, it's interesting because I found that the Lord gives us messages and uh, all of a sudden we need those messages. Well, it's not just you guys. We need those messages too. My family, me, I need those messages too. But how many people found that that message was beneficial uh, this week? <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. God knows what he's doing. We just have to be led by the Spirit of God and let him, let him do that. Well, turns out uh, this week, you know, there was a bunch of stuff going on. And then, well, I forget what night it was, maybe Wednesday night. Wednesday night, uh, we, we had a meeting and then uh, we let the, our dog out. We have a black lab uh, whose name is Noel because uh, we gave them to the kids on Christmas Eve uh, a few years ago. So anyway, she's a sweetheart, full of energy and, and all that. And, um, you know, we let her out. We're, we're back off the road a, a good ways, about 500 feet. And we let her out. And uh, we generally leave the door cracked. And she'll go out in the front yard. And when she's done, she'll come push the door open and come back inside like she owns the place. And uh, I know y'all have never had any dogs like that. And, um, but she didn't come back. And a few minutes later, somebody realized, hey, she didn't, she didn't come back. And so all of a sudden, we, the girls go outside. They start calling for her. And literally, they were calling for her for about 10 minutes, right? And if you remember, what did we say last week? We said, when, when the storm comes, remember Peter on the water and the storm was there? And he's walking on the water. And when he was looking at Jesus, he did the supernatural, he did the supernatural. 
But when he looked at the wind and the waves, see the wind and the waves, they're by design to take our eyes off of the Lord. By design. So what the devil, what we preached last week is the devil's trying to get you out of the presence of God. Because in him, the Bible says, Acts 17, 28, we live and move and have our being. In him. In him. And so the devil's trying to get us out of the present. So the thing to do when a storm comes is enter into the presence of God. And so what we were doing, we just started singing last week. Lord, you are so good. Your mercy endures forever, which of course is scripture. And we just worshiped him. And and I I can't tell you how many people told me how blessed last week was to them, how how much they received by it. And uh, but then it's not just for Sunday morning. A message is not, it's for us to utilize. Well, about that time, about five or six minutes into them calling for Noel, I heard the driveway buzzer. Well, the driveway buzzer is about 300 feet from the house. And I heard the driveway buzzer, which means generally a deer ran in front of it or a car ran in front of it or something like that. And about that time, about four minutes later, Noel comes into the yard slow as can be. It was her on the driveway buzzer. It took her four minutes, what would normally take her about 10 seconds to run. It took her four minutes to reach the yard. She got into the yard and collapsed. And it's night, it's about 1030. Uh, uh, Rachel has a flashlight on her and um, she shines it on her. She's got a big gaping gash in her head. Uh, she's bleeding in multiple places all over her body, road rash. She's got a gaping hole like the size of a grapefruit in her skin on her side. And honestly, I looked at her and I went, you know, this is, this is not good. I've seen, I've seen animals pass. I know what it looks like. And she was, to me, in my opinion, minutes away from that. That was what it looked like in the natural. Now, you got to understand, this is, our, this is our baby, you know. <laughs> Noelle, if you've ever, ever seen her, she's a sweetheart. She's, she's a little, you know, she'll sniff your crotch, but she's a, she's a little high strung. See, some of y'all know, some of y'all have seen her. But uh, she's a little high strung, but, you know, she's a dog. Yeah. It's true. We've tried to break her for years, but, you know, she's a dog. And, uh, but she's, she's a baby. <laughs> so, she lays down. I tell, the, I tell the kids and Nicole, I said, just go inside. Let me just pray. I prayed, prayed, just release my faith into her. It doesn't look good. She's not responding. She's not responding to light. She's not responding to me. She's breathing. It's labored breathing. Like I said, it took her four minutes to walk up the driveway. Then she collapsed. All of that energy, and she collapsed. I pick her up. I take her by the the front porch where I can see her better because it's about 1030 uh, at night or something like that. And I pick her up, take her by the front porch, and... I'm sitting there and I'm praying over and uh, just seeking the, the will of the Lord and what, what's going on here? You know, what do you want me to do, Lord? And uh, so, and you gotta, you gotta understand. Well, I'll tell you that in a second. And then all of a sudden, I thought, Sunday's message. Yeah. 
Sunday's message. Lord, we don't receive this storm. And, and matter of fact, we're not even going to look at the storm. We're not even going to look at the storm. We're, we're going to completely back away from the storm and set our eyes on you. I, I told all the family, I said, let's go inside. What did we hear preached on Sunday? That's not just for everybody else. That's for us. We live by the same words. One word can change your life forever. I hope that that word for you is today. That word's for us too, including the preacher. Every Sunday. Every Sunday. And all of a sudden, in that, in that moment, um, I said, let's go inside and let's just start worshiping God. Let the peace of God. You know, the word says in Hebrews 4 that if you need help, then you come boldly before the throne and find help in time of trouble, help in time of need, right? You come boldly before that throne. You don't sit back. You're, you're not just taking it, which has what been what this whole series in 1 Peter 4 has been about. You're not just taking it. No, you come boldly before the throne. And, and understand, understand, it took a little bit of effort to get our mind off of her and put it on Jesus when you see blood and hurt and death staring you in, in the face. It took some effort. And even the girls, I was so proud of them. I said, you know, we, we went in there. We just started worshiping God about 15 minutes into worshiping him, leaving the door, leaving the door there. Uh, closed and she's outside. I asked the girls, I said, are y'all at peace yet? And uh, they said, no, not, re not really. We're, we're trying, but we're not really there. I said, that's okay. I said, let's keep on. And you keep on until you receive that peace in your spirit. Now, I'm teaching you how to overcome right now. This is straight overcoming, and I have to do it the same way. We have to do it the same way that everybody else does it. We apply that word. Now, here's what I want you to see is uh, about 15 minutes later, we finished and we just and we ended not thinking about her, but thinking about Jesus, yeah. thinking about Jesus. I stepped back outside. She's laying on the ground. And uh, as I stepped outside, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, I believe. And he said, call her. Now, I'm on the top steps at the door. She would have to come up the steps across the porch and into the house. And the Holy Spirit said, in other words, I was planning on going down there, carrying her inside and laying her in the bathroom so she could sleep for the night and hopefully get some rest. He says, call her. Yeah. Now, this is after we sought the Lord. Didn't pay attention to the storm. I'm telling you like a different dog. She popped up on her feet. Now, I'm not saying that she jumped up like she did before, but she got up on her feet, got the strength, came up the stairs, came inside and walked in. And I think everybody was like, oh, my goodness, look at this. Something had happened. There was a life that had been received. There was a life that had been imparted and, and life came back in. And, and not only was it, you know, made me happy, but what a testimony to what we talked about last week. Well, she slept through the night. She was pretty restless. She went in there. The next day she goes out and, and here I'm looking at her the next day and I'm like, I mean, she's got cuts and, and open gashes all over her body, road rash, all, the, all this kind of stuff everywhere. You know, it wasn't pretty sight. But I'm looking at her. Nothing's broke. Yeah. There's no compound fractures. There's nothing broke. She's putting weight on everything. 
There's no, there's no blood coming out of her ears or out of her mouth, which are, they, she's not swollen anywhere. Not, not the, everything's working. There's nothing. I'm like, this is, this is not normal. Like this is like to me, it's it's a miracle that she was even living. Looking at all this, because it was all over her. I mean, it wasn't like one side; it was everywhere. Uh, it seems like she got rolled and cut and everything, and nothing's broke. Yeah. I'm like, this is amazing in itself. That day she starts drinking water. She gets out there, and then uh, yesterday she started eating. And I want to show you something. If you didn't see it on my Instagram, I just wanted to play this. So she went from collapsing at the beginning of the yard. This is what going into the presence of the Lord will do. So let's play that. <laughs> show, show the one before that. If you have it, play the sound if you can. Look at her. <laughs> over and over and over and over. One of her, amen, glory to God. The presence of God has life in it. The presence of God has life in it. It has life in it. But you don't just get there. You don't just get into life by letting it happen to you. You step into life by setting your eyes on Jesus. You walk on the water. You do the supernatural by setting your eyes on Jesus and being obedient to what he said to do. You step in in that way. You, you can't just sit there. And this is what this whole message in 1 Peter 4 has been about. We're talking about suffering. And one of the things that we see is you don't just sit there. You take actions of faith towards the things that the devil throws at you. You take action. We talked about persecution. We talked about suffering. Most people, and, and I want you to see this, most people think that suffering is as persevering through but not winning. Suffering in the Bible, and you're going to see it clearly today, suffering is winning. Yeah. Suffering in the Bible is victory. That doesn't mean that you're sitting there taking it. It means that when the devil throws something at you, you respond with faith and you go through to victory. That's what this whole chapter, 1 Peter 4, is about. Listen to this. Again, the definition of biblical suffering. You know, I, I don't want anybody sitting there in the flesh just taking it. That is not what I'm for. It's not biblical. And it, all it is is just beating up on that person. I, I, said, the, I said this uh, one time before. You know, when Peter walked on the water. And then he looked at the wind and the waves. Uh, he started to sink. And then it says that Jesus reached out for him. You know, we have this idea of suffering that, that Jesus is like, oh, golly, Peter, you're such a little faith. You know, just come on with me. And Peter's under the water. Like this. You know, no, that's not who Jesus is. That's not, you know, we think we just got to suffer through it. Well, let's just, see, that's the traditional American mindset towards suffering. Well, this this is going to stink, but we might as well just go through it. And then you've got unbelievers that are like, I'm not going through that. And I don't blame them. Yeah. We think Jesus just let Peter be under the water when he was saving them. 
Oh yeah, here I'm going to save you, but have some of this. I mean, and he gives them waterboarding. You know, it's like did Jesus waterboard Peter back to the boat? <laughs> no, no, that's not who he is. So we have this idea of suffering that like we just got to put up with. No, we're, biblical suffering is going through. Now hear this. I've talked about it plenty over the last few weeks, but a, suffering is a spirit-led life overcoming perceived hardships derived from going through this life of fleshly corruption. In other words, what happens is when you learn to live by the spirit more than the flesh, you don't care what the flesh encounters. You live by faith in the spirit and you save the flesh from that corruption, from that suffering. You save it in that way. In other words, you're not trying to always get your way or your plans don't always, your plans, your fleshly plans don't always have to come to pass. You are actually saying, Lord, I, no matter what I face, I'm in you. You're always leading me to triumph, and I take you by the hand. Yes. I take you by the hand. Amen. Do I have any people that are going to take them by the hand? Yes. Amen. Glory to God. And, of course, most of y'all have heard every message on this over the last few weeks, and I've described that in detail. Here's what I want you to see. That... You have an example that I gave several weeks ago. Two different kinds of people. Two different types of people. Both of them face suffering or persecution. One of them says, oh my goodness, I just got to take this. This stinks. I don't like it. And they suffer in the stereotypical way, but they're putting up with physical pain. They're, going, they're not going through it. They're just enduring it. Yeah. Right? Then you have the other person that understands this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And they you know, make it personal. My faith will overcome the world. One person endures the suffering. The other one puts it down and goes through. Okay, So when we choose faith, we step into the grace of God, a supernatural power. And his grace, didn't he say, if you'll come to me, if you'll do it my way, take my yoke on you, I will make it easy and light. Now, is that true or isn't it? The issue is that have, if I said, and I showed this multiple weeks ago, if I never worked out and never gone to the gym and all of a sudden I started lifting 100 pounds, 100 pounds would be very heavy to me. But if I kept on working on that and I got up to the place where I could bench press three or 400 pounds, 100 pounds then would feel light. It's a matter of perspective. In the spirit, it's like that too. What feels heavy to you at first, what you think you're not capable of, if you will just set your mind by faith I can do this through Christ. How about this? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So no matter what you see, you say, I can do this through Christ. I can do it. And when you take that by faith, it empowers you to do something you couldn't do before, but you can do now. You can do now. So the person that decides, Lord, I'm going to do this by you, not by me, because by me, I couldn't do it by myself. I'm going to do it by you. And, and I pointed out 
like Jesus in the boat with the disciples. You have a demonic storm going on trying to kill them. The, most of these disciples grew up on the water. They've seen storms before. They were fearing for their life. Now, as they were in fear, the word tells us many times. What does it tell us about fear? Fear not. Yeah. What does the word tell us about fear? What does the word tell us about fear? fear not. There you go. One more time. What does the word tell us about fear? Fear not. fear not. Over and over and over again, fear not. But as they did not do what is biblical, but they moved into fear, they are concerned for their life. They are, they are enduring suffering, not going through it. Right. Jesus, on the other hand, took the yoke of the Father, did only what the Father said. He moved over into faith. Even later on, he got on to them for not having faith. He moved over into faith, and he dealt with the storm, and the storm immediately went away by his authority and by his faith. He overcame the demonic pressure of the world by his faith. And now I want you to think about this. In that same boat... Same situation, one group had it hard and heavy, and the other group, Jesus, had it easy and light. The difference was their approach. Same, same physical situation, different set of circumstances. They're fearing for their life. Jesus is fine. Jesus is in easy and light. Same physical situation, two totally different circumstances. One is living by the Spirit, and one is living by the flesh. One is living by faith, and the other is living by fear. Okay? So, like, for instance, the other night, did, did I feel fear try to jump on me when I saw that dog? Oh, yeah, I felt it. The issue is, I, I've got to deal with it. I've got to put it in its place. I've got, to put that, I've got to put that fear in its place. And I've got to do what's right no matter what happens. When Job, if you look at Job, Job, many people look at Job as a tragedy. It's actually a great victory. I'm not saying bad stuff didn't happen, but I want you to see what led to the victory. Job ends up, he is restored double. Now, why was he restored double? It's not because he got everything right. We can tell that as we read that out. How can we tell? We can tell that Job got it right at the beginning because his heart was right, even though he didn't have everything figured out in his head. How many people got everything figured out in your head? Okay, good. We don't have to cast out any lying spirits this morning. All right. How, that's good. How many people got it all figured out? And Job didn't either. But what did Job have figured out? In, the, in Job chapter 1, and I believe it's verse 20, he hits his knees and worships God. Lord, I don't know why. What is he saying in context? Lord, I don't know why all this stuff is happening. I have no idea. But Lord, I tell you what, 
I will trust you. <laughs> I will worship you. Lord, you are good and your mercy endures forever. You are good, Lord, and your mercy endures forever. And see, there's some, it, it, the Bible says this, that God inhabits the praises of his people. All of a sudden, you can be in the midst of a situation like that, and you can feel the strength and the peace of God start to come in you and surround you and, and hold you up. Lord, you are good, and your mercy endures forever. All of a sudden, the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord starts to come. Same situation. Two different types of people, one who lives by the spirit and faith and one who lives by the flesh and fear. Our response is key. Here's one of the things that we see about suffering. Remember this whole chapter, 1 Peter chapter 4, from beginning to end is about suffering. Everything in it is talking about suffering. You see it mentioned in the first verse. You see it all the way mentioned in the last part of the chapter. It's all about suffering. But it's not suffering the way that we've been taught. It's suffering in a victory. Yeah. It's saying, and, and then it says this, and this is what really captures it. This is what tells you it's not the way we've been taught. It says, arm yourself with suffering. Right. Arm yourself. That means to strengthen my position for a victory. Arm yourself with suffering. I'm strengthening my position for a victory. Why would God talk like that if we're just supposed to endure? Right. Because it's not talking about enduring. It's not talking about enduring. It's talking about going through. Amen. Now, I want you to see this. I, I wrote this. I said, I don't have to get my way to win the flesh's way. This is an issue. This is really where the rubber meets the road because all of us think my way needs to come to pass. But the issue is a lot of times my way is based in the flesh. And so as soon as the flesh is way, the flesh is way doesn't come to pass, we think we've lost. But see, that's not true in Christ. Do you know how many things have not gone my way? Just this week. <laughs> just this week how many things have not gone my way right I have a different way but that doesn't mean we don't that we don't win it means Lord I turn to you yeah. I turn to you Lord yeah. how many people are going to turn to him amen. are you going to for real amen. like don't just amen me like I'm making a decision I'm going to turn to you in the midst of when my flesh doesn't get my way I'm going to turn to you Lord so you got to make a decision. you got to get this heart set that way. Well, I don't like how they talk to me. I make a decision. I'm going to do it God's way. Well, I don't like how this happened. I don't like that phone call I got. Well, make a decision. We're going to turn to the Lord. He sa I said, I don't have to get my way, my flesh's way to win. When I come upon, hear this, when I come upon a variation of my path, when I come upon a variation of my path, a detour, when I think I'm going this way and I think this is going to, how it's going to happen and I come up and there's a roadblock, my path has to be varied, I've got to make a detour. When I come upon a variation of my path, a detour, I trust God and I trust him straight into victory. 
Do you grab that? Yeah. Say this with me. Say, when I come, when I come to, a detour, to a detour of my plan, of my plan I, resolve I resolve to trust God, to trust God straight, to victory. straight to victory. I trust God. Do you? Amen. And ask this question. Don't, don't answer me. Don't answer me. Have you? Have you? But do we now? Yes. Can you see that it's biblical? Can you see that it's godly to do it? Can you see that if I'm going to come to Jesus and take his way upon me, I've got to do it his way. I can't keep doing it my way. So have we done it? No. Are we going to, I resolve to do it today. From this day forward, when I encounter a variation or a detour in my path, I make a resolved decision right now. I trust God. Say it with me. I trust God. I trust God. Did you know you can do that with a smile? You know why? Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. And he's, if you trust God, that means you're taking him by the hand, doing it his way. 2 Corinthians 2.14 says, But thanks be unto God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. I trust God. I trust God. That means I do it his way. If I'm not doing it his way, I'm not trusting God. I'm saying it by mouth only. In order to trust God, my actions got to back up my faith. Faith without works is dead. I got to trust him. Obviously, you can see by the story I told, that was put to the test in our household this week. Put to the test. Listen, fleshly, it didn't feel good walking inside. Fleshly logic did not feel good walking inside letting her lay there. Felt very good 30 minutes later when she got herself up, came up the steps, and walked inside. Felt very good then. But are we going to do what's hard on the flesh but easy in the spirit? See, that's where it, I trust God. Hear that. Are we going to do what might seem hard on the flesh? But it's easy for your spirit, man. You know, my flesh man might have trouble with that 100-pound weight, but my flesh, my spirit man can do a 1,000. It's easy because God has recreated that spirit, and he's empowering the real me, the inner, inner me, my spirit man. He's empowering me. So whereas in the mind, it looks like I can't do that. In the spirit, you can do all things. In the spirit. See, we've got to get it in our head. I trust God. And so when you see this, let me say this again. I don't have to get my flesh's way to win. When I come upon a variation of my path or a detour, I trust God straight into victory. Now, hear this, these verses, 1 Peter 4, 1 and 2, again with this in mind. Therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh. In other words, Christ, when he's sitting in the garden, he says, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. His flesh's path was not to go to that cross. But he said, nevertheless, your will be done. Your will be done. 
And his, his, that gave him the ability to pay a price supernaturally for all of mankind. Now, once he paid that price, it is finished. There's no other person that can't go through. He paid on the cross for our victory. He took a loss in the flesh so that we would never have to. Then no matter what it looks like, we could have a victory. Even in times where we've missed it. Even in times where Nicole and I have missed it. The Lord will, if we'll set our eyes on him, drop to our knees... Lord, I trust you. We worship you. We sing that thing, turn around, and all of a sudden we end up, and we're like, how do we even feel victorious? We just took a beating. It felt like in the flesh, but there's something going on in the spirit. There's something happening. There's an anointing flowing. How is that possible? It looks like we lost, but in the spirit we won. And it's easy in life can't tell you how many times this has happened. Can't tell you. God's not a respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of faith. And as you do the same actions according to the word of God, you will have the same results. Because God doesn't respect people, but he does respect faith. It says, therefore, since Christ has suffered in the flesh... Arm yourselves also with the same purpose because he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. The definition here that you see in this chapter is suffering in the flesh is putting the flesh down. Not living by the flesh, not living by its fears, not living by its worries and anxieties and pressures, but living by the Spirit of God. Because if we'll suffer in the flesh... What it says is, you cease from sin. See, when we keep trying to get our way, that's what pulls us into sin. And so every time uh, some kind of distraction or storm comes up, when we go after our own flesh's way, we move straight into sin. But if we'll say, I don't have to do it my way. I can do it God's way no matter what I feel about it. We'll move straight into victory and into the Spirit. Amen. Verse 2 says, so as to live the rest of the time in the flesh. So as long as we're here on the earth, let us live no longer for the lust of men or the lust of our flesh, but let us live for the will of God. God, I may be facing something. I don't know why I'm facing it. I don't know what's going on, but Lord, I live for you today. Has anybody got that inside of them? Anybody got that desire? And you know what? And I want... It's, it's very important to get real with yourself. We've had this desire on some level as soon as you're born again. But that doesn't mean we've acted on it. Doesn't mean we've acted on it. So we gotta, we got to flip a switch in our head that every time we hit that point from here on out, we got to set our mind like a trap so that when we hit that point, something triggers, I trust God! You step on into that storm and something, red flag, I trust God. I trust God. I trust God. I trust God. 
You come in, all of a sudden, the devil's got a trap, there's a big old hole, and all of a sudden you step into it. And then things break, and things don't go well, and my flesh doesn't get its way. Immediately, there ought to be a flag inside of you. Your mind, your mind is renewed. Your mind is set, and it goes, I trust God! I trust God! (laughs) No matter what we see, no matter what we feel. Do you know what I'm telling you today? In my opinion is probably the cause of the majority of victories and defeats. Because most people, when they hit that trap, they stop trusting God. That's what, that's what I've seen. But if they'll trust God, which means doing it His way, they'll go to victory every time. I trust God. Hear this in the message. Since Jesus went through everything you're going through and more, learn to think like Him. Think of your sufferings as a weaning away from that old sinful habit habit of always expecting to get your own way. When a variation comes in your path, when there's a detour, that didn't go as planned. Don't don't go, oh my goodness, I'm just so upset because it didn't go my way. No, start going this. Lord, what are you going to do? you're going to be up to something, I know, because you are a good God. You're not withholding any good thing from those who walk uprightly. And right now, I'm choosing to walk uprightly by faith. I trust God. Lord, I worship you. I praise you. I trust God. So, I know you're up to something. Because you can't not be up to love. And you can't not respond to faith. And I'm responding in love, and I'm responding in faith. I'm responding in hope. I trust God. All of a sudden, you have completely flipped the tables on the devil. You have flipped the tables on the enemy. He says, think of your sufferings as a weaning, weaning away from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. Then, if you'll do this, you'll be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want, by what your flesh wants. You see, if we never break that habit and we always want to get our way, it will be a terrorization of your mind for the rest of your days on the earth. But today, you can escape that terror simply by saying, I don't have to have it my way. I don't have to have it my flesh's way. Lord, your will be done. Your will be done. And your will is you're always leading me to triumph. That's your will. So I'm not sitting here expecting to lose. I'm expecting by faith to win. I'm expecting it. As you know, we went on down into this in verse 7. It says the end of all things is near. And then it gives us some very specific things to do. It says, and, and watch this, be sober in prayer, fervent in love, hospitable to one another. Use our gifts to serve. Speak for God. Don't speak for yourself. Don't speak for your flesh's desires. Speak for God. Serve by the strength of God. Now, it's very interesting because it's kind of like we want to pull these out from suffering, but 
That's not the issue. The chapter starts with suffering. The chapter ends with suffering. The whole thing is talking about suffering, which is winning by living by the Spirit. Arming yourself with suffering is saying, I'm not going to let the flesh have its way. And these verses in the middle is telling you specific things to do to win. Specifically. And I want you to see this. I want you to see verse 10. It says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. As the manifold grace of God. Now, here's what I want you to see. If the whole chapter is about suffering, and in the middle of the chapter are these six keys for living victoriously, isn't it giving us six keys for winning in suffering? Is that right? It is. And you see, God's given us, God's given us some keys here. God's opened up some wisdom, some heavenly wisdom right here. And so when our flesh doesn't get its way, we should pay attention to these things and do these things. But I want you to see this. Because many people will say that that glory will we'll just suffer through this life until we go into the sweet by and by. In other words, we'll, we'll suffer through it until we get to heaven. We'll suffer through until, in other words, we'll, we'll get relief, but it'll be when we get to heaven. Well, first thing, eternal life is eternal now. And life of God is an overflowing victory that flows all the time. We're not waiting for eternal life. You have eternal life the moment you accept Jesus. And if you haven't accepted Jesus, you can have a life, what's known as the Zoe life of God, inside of you right now. You can have an overflow of the life of God. What does that life of God do? It heals. It delivers. It protects. It restores. It prospers. This is what the life of God does. Every believer has it the moment they accept Jesus. But what I want you to see here is, in the middle of suffering, not waiting till we get to heaven, it says you can have more or less grace. You can operate in more or less. In heaven, we've got all the grace we need. This is for right here. And what is the purpose of grace? To give you a power to win. And he says, when you will do these things, I'll draw together the giftings of all the people in the body and you will have a manifold grace. See, I can't produce a grace by myself. Grace has to come from God. So I will produce by doing these things, we will produce together a supernatural power and favor of God to win. This is not talking about when we get to heaven. It's talking about right here where we can multiply the act of grace in our lives. We can multiply the supernatural power of God in our lives. We can multiply his favor based on if we arm ourselves with putting down the flesh, arm ourselves with suffering. Not enduring the mess, going through by living by the Spirit and not by the flesh. You'll see this. 
Verse 11, it says you'll do these things serving by his strength which God supplies. And then you see the point of it as well. Watch this. That in all things God may be glorified. See, when you're sitting, how many people glorified God when you heard that testimony of Noel? How many people in your heart, you're like, glory to God. How many people? That's exactly what this is talking about. When we serve others by putting down the deeds of the flesh and moving in faith, God's grace is released and God gets the glory. God has designed this life lived by believers to be a glorification process to the Lord. It's not designed just to make us win. That's good too, and he wants that. But in the middle of it, his plan is so beautiful that God gets glory for it too. That is, if we give him glory, if all I do is say, well, you know, my my healing graces help my dog, then I didn't give God glory. That would be wrong. No. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. If I got a good gift that happened in my family this week, God did it. God did it all. If it's good, if it's perfect, God did it. If I made a good choice, God did it. He helped me. He showed me that was right. He gave me the strength to make that choice. Everything good and perfect, it's God. Every good and perfect, it's God. It's God. It's God. It's God. Every good and perfect gift. It's God. It's the Lord. And you start to see that when we live by this faith, God gets glory for it. And we need to give him glory for what he's done. Are we thanking him? Are we giving him glory for our health, for our children, for our house? Are we thinking, well, I don't have enough. Yeah, but you're living, you're not starving, you're in a beautiful country, you're sitting in air conditioning this morning, right? Or, or you're watching online, it's like a miracle of technology that God gave us. God gave us the wisdom for it. God gave us the, the, the uh, intelligence to understand it and make it happen. Still, that's the Lord in that. Are we thanking him enough? Are we giving him the glory? But the point is, when we live by putting down the flesh and living by the Spirit, by faith, hope, and love, all of a sudden, the grace of God floods in, brings us to victory, and what happens? God gets glory for it. And when God gets glory for things like that, the hope in people starts to rise up. The light of God starts to rise up. 1 Timothy, I think it's 3.15, says this, that the church is the pillar of truth. In other words, the church is the thing that holds the heaviness up. It, It sheds the light across that. That's what we're supposed to be. That means when the storm comes up, when suffering uh, tries to come on and you don't get your way in the flesh, but all of a sudden you go, I trust God. I trust God. All of a sudden, right in that moment, everybody takes note that knows the situation. Well, let's watch this. This ought to be interesting. Let's watch. Now, see, believers ought to be going, yeah, I'm standing and agreeing with you. You know, and the world's like, oh, yeah, crazy people. We'll see. But see, when we actually go through faith and we get on the other side of it, people are like, well, dang, it did work out. Doggone. I didn't think it was going to. But looky here. 
Look at here. All of a sudden, it gets their, it gets their attention. God gets glory. What if we walked as the light and as that pillar of truth all the time? Wouldn't it be easier if we weren't in fear and anxiety all the time? Wouldn't it be easier if we knew that no matter what happens, we win. We're going to win this. No matter what happens, this is going to turn out good. No matter what happens, God's got us. Because God's still God. And God's still being God. No matter what happens. Isn't that easier? Now, it doesn't... Remember... When I walked up those steps and closed the door and left her outside on the flesh, that didn't feel good. But I'm telling you, it was easy in my spirit because it was faith. And I'm telling you, it was much easier 30 minutes later. See, we've got to recognize which is the stronger thing, our fear or our faith. Which one supersedes the other? Lord, if I'm, if I'm going to walk in faith, I've got to do it your way. And sometimes people are not going to understand that. It's going to look illogical. Sometimes it's just not going to feel right. But Lord, I trust God. Say it with me again. I trust God. No matter what I see. I trust God. No matter what I feel. I trust God. Is He trustworthy? Then no matter what goes on. I trust God. When we get that inside of us, something happens. You know, when you get that inside of you, you put away defeat from your life when you get that for real inside of you not just quoting it on Sunday morning but it it becomes revelation you you put it together and watch this as we wrap up here those keys those six keys that I said these are keys for overcoming suffering 1 Peter chapter 4 verse 12 says what and, and, and hear this hear this beloved Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal among you. Why are we surprised that the devil's the devil? Why are we surprised that the devil's a jerk? Why are we surprised that he's a killer? I mean, didn't Jesus say he comes only to steal, kill, and destroy? And when destruction comes up, Why are we surprised? I've found Christians can even be judgmental. I know it's shocking. I've found they can be. Oh my goodness. What are they doing? What's going on in their life? Maybe it's just the devil being the devil. We're in a corrupted world. But see, here's the issue. Even though I'm in a corrupted world, even though I'm in a corrupted world, I have the victory on the inside. I have the victory. As he is, so are we in this world. We're made in his image and likeness. He finished the work. He finished the work. Are y'all hearing this? Is Is it exploding on the inside of you yet? Is it exploding? Is it exploding on the inside of you yet? Are you mentally getting it, but your spirit's not catching it? Let your spirit catch it. Because if your spirit was catching it, I think y'all would be even giving me even more. I'm not sure your spirit's catching it. I'm giving you a nugget here. I don't know that your spirit's catching it. I think you're mentally trying to catch it. Lord, I, I, I receive your faith today. I receive your victory. Lord, I trust you.
Uh, you just say it with me. Say, Lord, I receive your faith. You're imparting to me today. I receive your victory. I trust you. Yeah. Verse 12. <laughs> Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal. I wrote this. Or the storm within yourself or a storm within the world we live in. Don't be surprised when the storm inside of you or around you comes. Don't be surprised by it. Hey, let me, let me tell you this too. Don't be surprised when it attacks your neighbor. And don't judge your neighbor because they got attacked. Sometimes people are attacked because they do the wrong things. Sometimes they're attacked because they do the right things. But no matter which one it is, if we'll turn to the Lord, we can always win. It's not who gets attacked, it's what, who does what with it. Yeah. Let me say that again. It's not who gets attacked, it's what you do with it. Yeah. Who does what with it? That's why Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says this. Follow those who through faith and patience inherit promises. Yeah. Inherit the victories. Yeah, thank you. It's not a matter of who gets attacked. Everybody's going to get attacked. He just told us, don't be surprised by the attack. Okay, if you've got something that's constantly and, and chronically causing you problems, you need to ask why. Lord, what do I need to change? Is there anything? Sometimes you do. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're doing the exact right thing and the devil's a liar, a thief, and a murderer. And he just, we live in a corrupted world and he's attacking because you're doing it right. I can tell you we've seen that as a church for years. Oh, the devil does not like what we do in this church. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this. He pays more attention to it than most people that have come through the doors. Yeah. The devil pays more attention to the words we say than most people that have come through the doors. Let that not be you. Why? Because he knows the truth. The word says this, that when you preach the good news and the gospel, the Lord will work with it with signs and wonders following. Yeah. Many occasions we've been preaching, people have gotten healed right while they're sitting in their seat. I hadn't even prayed for them. The other day, I preached on finances. People got healed up at the altar. How can you preach a word? Because it's the good news of God. See, the devil knows that. He looks at fruit. The word says this, follow those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. You don't look at the attack, you look at the one who comes through it because that person knows something about faith, they know something about the character and nature of God and they know what to do with it. And you look at it over a period of years. Like anybody can receive some mercy for God once or twice. But when they do it for 12 and a half years, time and time and time and time and time and time and time again, something's going on. And when they do with it without getting hard and bitter and mean and they keep loving on people, something's going on. That's the kind of people that you follow. That's the kind of people that you imitate. It's true. Beloved, my, you know, he's talking to his love. Don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal. I wrote a storm within yourself or a storm within the world we live in that's among you. It, which comes upon you for your testing. The word here is also the proving. In other words, you show who you are. You go through a... Think about this. 
How many people in here are called to be more than a conqueror? How many people in here are called to be an overcomer? Are you? You realize that to be a conqueror and an overcomer, there's got to be something to overcome. (laughs) There's got to be a suffering, a trial. There's got to be some lack that you come over. There's got to be some lack that you conquer. Everybody here wants to be a conqueror, wants to be an overcomer, but then nobody wants any testing, no proving of the good will of God. See, the issue is a part of the Christian community is like, oh no, I don't want anything to overcome. And another one is like, well, I'm not asking for it, but if I face it, I know what to do with it, and we will win. Two totally different steps. I don't want any more, I don't want any more trials and storms than anybody else does. But I'm not persuaded to move backwards because of them. Amen. <laughs> I, we're, not, we're not persuaded to move back because of them. Amen. We're persuaded to go forward yes. in them. Okay, Storm. <laughs> you picked the wrong disciple. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Storm. You picked the wrong Christian. Yes. Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery ordeal. The storm within yourself or the storm within the world we live in among you, which comes upon you for your testing, for your proving. It proves you are who you say you are. Are there believers in this room? You know, in order to be a believer, you got to (laughs) believe. Right? And I mean, that sounds crazy. That's That's like some NASA logic right there. In order to be a believer... You've got to believe, especially when the storms show up. You can't fuss about the storms. You can't shrink back from the storms. None of that's believing. That's actually what Jesus got on to the disciples about. If we're believers, then we believe and act on that belief. And we overcome and conquer. And watch this. Don't be surprised by the fiery ordeal at the last part of that verse. As though some strange thing were happening to you. Oh Lord, what is this? It's a fiery ordeal. Oh Lord, oh my God, what's happening? You're in a corrupted world with a thief and a murderer and a destroyer. And he's trying to kill you. What? Well, they didn't tell me that. It... it It actually did. It was right here in John chapter 10 and verse 10. It it was there. It was written a long time ago. And you might not have known it till now, but now you know. But what you also know is I got something for that because Jesus has something for that. I got something for it because Jesus has something for it. Verse 13. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ. And watch this. To the degree that you put on the spirit and put down the flesh. That's the suffering. Our self would suffering, not living by the flesh. To the degree. In other words, if I will put it on, the more that I put it on like Christ, living by the spirit and not by the flesh, to that degree, keep on rejoicing. 
Now how can you, now isn't that rude of God to tell you to rejoice if you're going to lose? Isn't that not fair? That's pretty unjust. Rejoice! You're going to lose anyway, but just rejoice. Is God schizophrenic? Does he not know what's going to happen? Why would he tell you to rejoice if you're going to lose? Well, it's a fiery ordeal. That's quite a storm you got going on there. Rejoice. <laughs> look, Gabriel, Michael, watch this. Let's make our kids look like idiots. Does that sound like God? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> he says, but to the degree that you put on the sufferings, keep on rejoicing. Rejoice. Because victory is coming. Yeah. Victory is manifesting. Yeah. Victory is manifesting. So that at the revelation of his glory, you may re rejoice with exaltation. In other words, what's going to happen is you might have to put on a little bit of faith. You might have to put on a little bit of patience. But his glory is about to show up. If you put by faith, remember what Moses said, Lord, show me your glory. Now he's under the curse. He's not, he doesn't have Jesus. He's under the curse. God didn't say, no, nah, you're under the curse. I ain't showing you my glory. No, God said, I'll find a place for you to be hidden in so that my goodness and my glory won't burn you up since you're under a curse. I'll hide you in the cleft of the rock. That rock is Jesus. And in Him, when we put on faith like Moses did, oh, there's a fiery ordeal and a storm. Lord, show me your glory. I trust you. He's going to respond different to you than He did to Moses? No! Keep on rejoicing so that when He reveals His glory, because He's going to reveal His glory. He's going to reveal His glory. Can you feel the faith on this? Yeah. All faith is being imparted to you this yeah. morning. I'm telling you this morning, if you've been believing for something, this morning is the time to reach out with your faith and grab hold of it. You need healing. You need, you need provision. You need restoration in your mind. You need, you need the protection of God. Reach out with your faith. Because His glory is going to be revealed. And when His glory is revealed, it's going to cause exaltation of who God is. Oh, glory. I wrote this. If you jump ship from the going through, you won't be able to rejoice when His glory brings the ship into victory. But if we'll stay on God's ship and we'll trust Him and look at Him and receive it. Oh, the glory will come in. The glory ship will come in. And when everybody in the port is raising their hand, even heathens, like the Word says, even the heathens, even the world said, God has done good things for them. Because yeah. <laughs> His glory is revealed. Isn't that the promise of God? To leave you destitute and in a storm with no hope? No! To tell you it's going to work. No matter what you see, no matter what you feel, it's going to work. My glory's on the way. Put some faith on me. Maybe put some patience. It might not come exactly when your flesh wants it, but put some patience on it and inherit the promises of God. Inherit. But to the degree that you share the sufferings of Christ, keep on rejoicing so that at the revelation of His glory, you may rejoice with exultation. Verse 14, 
If you are reviled for the name of Christ, because what you're doing looks crazy, that just don't even make sense. That just don't even, you, you walked inside and left that dog, that just don't even make sense. And you did it for Jesus. Exactly. I trust him more than I trust that. I trust him. Either we believe or we don't. I'm telling you, I've seen the power of God, seen miracles all over the world. Miracles. Miracles. This is true even when men aren't. The word says, let God be true in every man a liar, including my flesh, if it feels a certain way. Oh, he says, if you're reviled for the name of Christ, you are blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. Listen to this in the Amplified. If you are censored and suffer abuse because you bear the name of Christ, blessed are you, happy, fortunate, to be envied with life joy and satisfaction in God's favor and salvation, regardless of your outward condition. Because the Spirit of glory, the Spirit of God is resting upon you. Do you see that? How many times have we felt it resting upon us? Not all the times do we feel it. That's why we don't live by feelings. But the Word tells us that if we'll put on faith and we'll come to Jesus and take His yoke, there's something resting on us, whether we feel it or not. In the Spirit, there's a glory that's resting on us. See, if we begin to know this, if we begin to have revelation, we'll be walking through life, we'll come up to a fiery ordeal or a storm, and other people back up. But it's like, no, wait a minute, I trust God. I have, according to the Word, a glory resting on me. Let's overcome. Let's conquer now. Spirit of glory, the Spirit of God is resting upon you. On their part, He is blasphemed, but on your part, He is glorified. Verse 15 gives us some good advice. Make sure that none of you suffers as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, a troublesome meddler. In other words, there is some suffering that people go through at their own hand. You know, there's not a devil behind every person that doesn't like you. Sometimes we just had a bad attitude and they reflected it. If you suffer at your own hand, that's not what you want to do. Verse 16, but if anyone suffers as a Christian, a person of faith, as a believer, they're, they're standing for Christ. Even if they don't get right, they're trying. They're, they're trying. They're going after Him. He is not to be ashamed, but is to glorify God in this name. For it is the time of, for judgment. And in this context, it's the time to prove, to judge whether we believe or not. Remember, we back up, it said the end of all things is near. This is written some time ago. So we are absolutely in the end of the end. It's a time, and specifically right now, there's a separation between who believes and who doesn't. Who actually is living by the flesh and who's living by the spirit. There's a separation. And there's going to be people that say, God, I'm doing it your way. I'm going to, I trust you. I'm going to do things your way even when my flesh doesn't like it. I'm going after you. It's a time for that. And he says, listen, 
It is a time for judgment. It proves what we believe and it proves whose we are. See, an unbeliever doesn't have this stuff in them. Somebody who doesn't know Jesus as their Lord and Savior. This sounds foolish to them. But supernaturally, when they come to know Jesus, they're given something. They're given the seed of faith. Their, their inner man is made all new. All of the weight of sin and condemnation and death, it's broken off. That, that slavery to sin, the power of it is broken forever. It doesn't make sense to a person that doesn't know Jesus, but to the person that knows Jesus, it's okay. And you are ready to be judged because you say, Lord, judge me because I'm going to believe. Do I have any people in here that say, Lord, judge me because I'm going to believe. And you might not be at that place yet. You might be getting there. That's good. Just keep getting there. But get to the place where you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm okay. Whatever fiery ordeals, I'm not asking for them. But if I come upon them, we're going to be an overcomer. We're going to be more than a conqueror. I'm telling you right now, you need to share this message today. Faith is in this message. And you know some people that have been going through some junk that need to hear this message. They need to hear this message. And I'll tell you this as well. The devil doesn't want people to hear this message. Because this is a message of hope. It's a message of victory. And it's a message of the triumph of God that he might be glorified. For it's time for judgment in context. It proves our salvation. To begin with the household of God. And if it begins with us first, what will the outcome for those who do not obey the gospel of God? Now, I want you to see something. How many people over time have you seen fall away from godliness, fall away from their place, fall away from different things? And, and you may think like the disciples thought in Mark chapter 10. My goodness, Lord. Who, who can make it through this? Who can, who can come through and, and not be judged? And Jesus had these words. He said, with man, if you do it man's way, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. See, if we'll just turn to God and not turn to our own thinking, if we'll just yield ourselves and submit ourselves, God says in James chapter 4 and 1 Peter 5, grace and greater grace is given. If it is with difficulty that the righteous is saved, what will become of the godless man and the sinner? In other words, if the righteous man is being righteous man and woman is being judged now, what's going to happen to somebody who's not born again? Friends, stay on top of your salvation. Work it out with fear and trembling. Don't just check the box because you go to church and you love Jesus in your heart. Love follows His commandments. Are you fruitful? Are you winning souls? Making disciples? Are you moving in the power of God? Are you moving in supernatural revelation of God? Are you living in the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control, all of the fruit. Are we living in an intimate fellowship with God? Don't just check the box because you had some Philly goods on Sunday morning. Don't just check the box. Challenge yourself. It's a time of judgment. Well, I don't know how to win somebody to the, to the Lord. Work to figure it out. 
Find out. Make it a priority. I don't know how to disciple. Well, discipleship begins with discipling yourself, which means we discipline ourselves. It's not a game. We've got to work on ourselves. We've got to grow. Verse 19. Remember, it started with suffering. It ends with suffering. From the first verse to the last verse of this chapter. Therefore, those also who suffer according to the will of God. In other words, they're putting down the flesh and living by the Spirit shall entrust their souls, their mind, will, and emotion. They shall entrust their souls. Like, Lord, I don't understand. It doesn't make logical sense for me to have faith this way. But, Lord, in you, in you, Lord, I entrust my mind, my will, my emotions. I give. And why would God tell you to entrust if He wasn't going to come through? Wouldn't that be unjust? He says though, but if we'll do this and we'll put down the flesh and live by the Spirit and pick up the ways of God, we have the right for our minds, our will, and our emotions to be guarded and entrusted in the hands of God. What does that mean? That means you can trust Him to a faithful Creator in doing what's right and what's right according to God to bring you to victory. Lastly, I wrote this. This doesn't mean, suffering doesn't mean you receive the attack. If you get one thing, get this. Suffering doesn't mean you receive the attack. This means you recognize the attack. One. First thing you do is you recognize that's an attack. I know, I know we shouldn't have to be, you know, figure that out. Like, is this an attack or not? I'm not sure. No, that's an attack. Recognize it's from the devil. A lot of people are calling normal what God calls a curse, as Brother Tracy says. It's an attack. It's not coincidence. It's coordination. Recognize the attack. Two, trust God from the beginning to the end through it. I trust God. Three, meet the attack through faith and action. What does that look like? You go back to those six steps. Be sober. How do you meet the attack when the suffering comes to put down the flesh and the fiery ordeal comes? Be sober for prayer. Fervent in love. Hospitable to one another. Use your gifts to serve. Speak for God, not for the flesh. And serve, not by your own strength, but by His strength. See, this is saying, yeah, I'm under attack, but I'm still going to do what God's called me to do. I trust Him more than anything else. In other words, this doesn't mean we receive the attack. It means you recognize it, you trust God, you meet the attack through faith and action. And four, you overcome the attack empowered by His grace and glory. God wants you to overcome through His grace and through His glory. I'm speaking to overcomers. I'm speaking to more than conquerors. I'm not talking to a weak church. I'm talking to people that God has said, 
Come up here. Come to another level. Come to the next place. Come to the life of God. He didn't leave us destitute. He didn't leave us in the pit. He didn't leave us in darkness. He called us to come up by faith. Not because you feel it. Not because you feel it. But because you believe it. You see who He is. You know His character. You know His nature. I'm just curious. Who's in here who says, Lord, I'm going to walk like this for the rest of my days. No matter what fiery ordeal comes, I trust God. If that's inside of you, if it's in your spirit, let out a shout of hallelujah right now. Are you receiving it? Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's faith in the room this, this afternoon. Barely afternoon. There's faith in the room. I'm going to invite you in just a minute. If you need something, you need something broken off, you need healing, you need provision, you need restoration, you need protection, you need God's help. You need His strength. You need His grace. You need His glory, His goodness. If you need it, I'm going to invite you up. I'm going to lay hands. And when I lay hands on you, the supernatural power of God is going to flood your life and start answering those issues in the name of Jesus. But all of this starts and ends, again, going back to last week, in fellowship with Him. In Him, we live and move and have our being. In Him, in fellowship with Him. You realize Peter doesn't, Peter doesn't walk on the water outside of Jesus. Moses doesn't part the Red Sea outside of the Word of God. No great thing happens outside of Him. We need to be in Him and solid. We need to know Him as our Lord and Savior, but not just one time. We need to walk with Him all the rest of the days of our life. Lord, I trust You. If that's You today, if that's You, and you're saying, Lord, I need to renew that fellowship today, I invite you right now, don't, don't sit there. Don't let the devil have his way. Don't, don't get in fear. Fear not. But move by faith and say, Lord, I trust you. And I invite you to come to this altar today. Today, there's a new relationship springing forth inside of me. I might have been born again before. I might have known Jesus. But there's something new today, Lord. And I will not be held back. And as you step out of your seat and you step into that new relationship, by faith you're saying, today's my day, Lord. I'm entering into you in a new way. I will never go backwards. I need you. I've got to have you. I invite you. Whether you've known Jesus before or not, make a fresh commitment to Him today. Lord, I need your help. And I receive it by faith. There's a storm been going on in my life. Maybe it hasn't been horrible, but maybe it's just been, it's just been consistent and it seems like it won't go away. 
Lord, I need your help. And I'm entering into you by faith as I even walk to the altar today. Lord, I know, here's what I know. Everything that's been going on is not the best that you paid for. And Lord, I, won't, I don't want to leave anything you paid for as a gift on the table. I want to esteem it. I want to honor it. And by faith, I step out and into a new relationship with you today. If that's you, if you want to recommit to the Lord today, come up now. Don't let the devil scare you out of that. And make a commitment. See, faith is not something that hides within yourself like the world has tried to teach us. No, faith is something that's passionate for the things of God. That lets mankind know, Jesus is my Lord. And I don't care who knows it. That's what faith is. If that's you, I invite you to come. Whether, whether you've, you've come already or not, come at any time. Before I invite anybody else up, I want all of us in here to pray that commitment prayer. Pray it out loud. The Word says if you confess with your mouth, not on the inside, not with your thoughts, but with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe that God raised Him from the dead, in your heart, you'll be saved. All those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Pray this with me today. Say, Jesus. Jesus. Say it out loud with your mouth. Jesus, Jesus. Today, today, you are the Lord of my life. You're the director. You call the shots. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. I believe you died for me. Went to the cross and the grave. And I believe that God brought you back to life and raised you up. And you did not leave me in that place of death. But you raised me up with you to victory, to your grace, to your glory, to your triumph. Today I receive a triumphant entry in the kingdom of God. Jesus, I ask you in all humility, baptize me with the Holy Ghost and fire so that I can live for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. I just want you to bow your heads for a second. Thank you, Father. If you prayed that prayer right then, if you prayed that prayer and you needed to pray it, today, Lord, I needed to pray that prayer. Will you just raise your hand so I can see it? Hold it up. I see those. Anybody else? I prayed that prayer and I needed to today. Anyone else? Hold it high for just a second. I want to pray for you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, everybody that's raised their hand, Lord, I just ask that you bless them, overflowing, pour out in them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. If you need anything, healing, I'm going to pray for every person up here, and the power of God's going to meet whatever it is you need. You get your faith right now. Lord, you're helping. You're giving me glory. I might have faced a fiery ordeal, but Lord, you're breaking through now. You're breaking through now in Jesus' name. You're breaking through now because I receive it now. 
By faith I receive it now. Lord, I trust God. If you need anything, I'm inviting you up right now. I'm going to pray for each person that's up here. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and your grace. Thank you, Lord. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for your goodness and the overflow. Receiving right now. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Ho, 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 ho. Yeah. No more cobwebs, but clarity. Clarity in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. I just break every attack that had been on your family throughout both lines in Jesus' name. I break it right here. It stops with you. And clarity comes in the name of Jesus. Sometimes those things aren't big. They're just little, but they stand in the way. There's that anointing. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, for clarity in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for clarity in the name of Jesus. That's something you've been believing for. Hallelujah. You got it. You got it right now. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for your glory and your grace. <laughs> thank you, Lord, for the blessing, for the blessing, for the blessing. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> glory. There's something about the joy of the Lord. It's our strength <laughs> when we get to the place where the joy starts flowing. You know you got it. You know you got it. So today. You know you got it. Oh yeah. And just stay there. Stay in that place. Thank you, Lord. So Roma Every solution, bring it now. In Jesus' name. Every solution. Anoint these hands in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Anoint these shoulders. And these arms, thank you, Father, for your goodness. And these feet, in Jesus' name. So anoint him, Lord, from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. Grace, favor be, in Jesus' name. So All right. Now, in the name of Jesus, life, overflow, and be now, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Say this with me. Say, Lord. I receive your thoughts and I receive what you tell me to do and I'll do it no matter how big or how small. Amen. Thank you. So Thank you, Lord. Yeah, you're the you're the victor. You're the overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. You're you're called to walk in his anointing. You're called to walk in his anointing. You're called to walk in his anointing. Stop letting the, the flesh get in the way and suffer to the degree of, of Christ. Put it down. Oh, that's not what my flesh wanted, but that won't stop me. I'm an overcomer. Thank you, Lord. I trust you, God. I trust you more than my flesh yells. I trust you more. Ha, ha, ha. So, In Jesus' name. Yeah, overcoming. Overflowing. Thank you, Lord, for supernatural victory in Jesus' name. In the name 
of Jesus. Dakota, Asoda, Konovede, Haravoso, Hope, Roboba, Soba, Kenabe, Hoo, Freddy Kenny, Sombra, Bota, Kanamos, Me, Utefranana, Ha, Hope, 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 Drakonamoso. All those little things, don't worry about that. Bada, Kanabos. Yeah, you got the Lord. Oh, different, different, broken, amen, <laughs> different, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you remember the first time you came up here that happened, and you were like, what was that, what was that, y'all didn't even know what that was, you're like, what is this, the anointing, that same thing, I felt it today, just like the first day y'all were here, you hear that, <laughs> that anointing, the joy of the Lord that breaks those yokes. <laughs> Say, Lord, I receive. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Whew. It's not a church of bitterness, <laughs> but a church of joy. So, in the name of Jesus, you got this. <laughs> you got it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> You got it. Thank you, Lord. Say, Lord, I got it. In the name of Jesus. Yes, you do. Receive right now. It's flowing in you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, peace this week. A peace. A different peace. Yeah, just keep on. Keep on in it. Yeah, keep on in it. You don't have to go back. Right? <laughs> Glory to God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We receive. We receive. We receive in Jesus' name. Whoo, freaking to me. You feel that anointing? I can I can feel it running through me. So just say, Jesus, fill me and overflow me. Baptize me in the Holy Ghost and fire. Let it be fresh and new today. In the name of Jesus. I ask you, and I believe I've received it. You know, I'll tell you, I can't do what you're feeling. That's the Lord. He's answering. He's moving with signs and wonders. Is that right? Can I do what you were feeling? No, no. Thank you, Lord. You can pull them up. Yeah, I receive. Say it. I receive today. In Jesus' name. Yeah, spirit of faith. I trust God. I trust God. No fiery ordeal will burn me up. I trust God. I trust God. Say, Lord, I receive every victory, every relief. In Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you, Lord, for your anointing. Oh, man, there's an anointing flowing today. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, glory. <laughs> Ooh, I feel it. It's on me. I, he's ministering to me, too. Hey, overflow him, Lord. Overflow him. Yeah. So, yeah, that thing, as soon as I stepped in front of you, what you were saying to me, I needed to be active in my faith, reaching, reaching for those things, receiving the wisdom. Say, Lord, I believe I have received your wisdom, 
your plans, your ideas, your supernatural things. I receive it in Jesus' name. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. You're going to receive on a different level. You keep that up. You keep in that same heart of faith and just watch what he pours out on you. Woo! <laughs> Oh, yeah. Yeah, amen. They're having, y'all drive from Rock Hill, right? Or Fort Mill. Fort Mill. They drive from Fort Mill to come here every Sunday. The Lord just told them, the Lord just told them, you need to go there. You need, is that right? That's right. Yeah, amen. They're excited. God doesn't do that stuff for no reason, right? Now, they just said they have an outreach in their neighborhood this week. Lord, overflow them in Jesus' name. Lord, overflow them. Give them your wisdom. Give them supernatural gifts of the Holy Ghost, manifestations of the Holy Ghost. Let it overflow and let your anointing flow through them in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Yeah, just say it. Say, I receive it, Lord. I walk in it. I'm a carrier of His grace and fire and anointing in Jesus' name. From the top of their head to the soles of their feet, let them be anointed. In the name of Jesus. Yeah, peace and grace, mercy be now in the name of Jesus. You receive it? Yeah, yeah good. Then take it. <laughs> Glory to God. Let that stuff fall off. Fall off. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Peace, grace, mercy. In Jesus' name. Say, Lord, I receive it. Peace, grace, mercy. Lord, I receive it. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. Peace, grace, mercy. Say, Lord, I receive it. <laughs> yeah. Amen. You're doing good. You're growing. Yeah, you are. Peace, grace, mercy. Let your anointing overflow, Lord. Yeah, there it is. Thank you, Lord, for your anointing. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, did you know I was coming back here or what? <laughs> oh, about trip. The anointing's on me. <laughs> Whoo, stepping over your feet. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord, for strength and grace. Thank you for peace and grace and mercy be in the name of Jesus. Let your anointing flow and overflow. Let them take on a spirit of faith, a spirit of faithfulness like they've never seen before. And Lord, let them rise up to new levels in the name of Jesus. Thank you for your anointing. Man, that's a peaceful anointing. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. <laughs> Put your hand on your belly. Joy, overflow in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. Joy, overflow. You have something to. Thank you, Lord. Hoo, hoo, hoo. Joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Haven't met y'all. Can I pray for y'all? Would you mind that? What's your name? Monica. Brian. Me too. Nice to meet you. With a wire and I. <laughs> Me too. 
Lord, I just pray right now, let your blessing be over them, on them, and around them. Let your anointing flow through them from the top of their head to the soles of their feet. Lord, let questions be answered in Jesus' name. Let answers come and questions be answered in Jesus' name. Lord, let them have your wisdom. Let them see things that they've never seen before. Let their mind be opened and enlightened to the fullness of what you've called them to be. Lord, thank you for giving them an inheritance in you. Let them see it and walk in it and let them not be held back. Let them not be held back. Let them not be reserved, but let them be lit up with your fire and let them walk in the fullness of your anointing. Let things change from this day forward and let the world even call them blessed. In Jesus' name, hold your hands out like this. Lord, right now, bless them and overflow their hands that they would have an abundance for every good work. Lord, you put things in their heart from the beginning of time to get done. Let them be blessed to see it. Let them be blessed in abundance and favor to see those things done. There's some things, Lord, they don't even know are there yet, but you're going to overflow it. And even when you reveal it, it's going to shock them. They're going to be like, oh my goodness, this is big. Yeah, it's big because God's behind it. Lord, let them be blessed and favored in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Just receive glory to God. Say it with me. Glory. 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 <laughs> yeah, there it is. Glory. Woohoo. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Living in the overflow. Thank you, Lord. Sadoko Fredine. Yeah. Peace, grace, and mercy. All the junk falling off now in Jesus' name and an overflow. <laughs> Say, I don't receive any pressure. I don't receive any traps of thinking. I don't receive any pressure. I'm not held back and bound by silly thoughts that the devil may try. <laughs> Sometimes they're very little, but they actually cause us to stutter step and not run at momentum. A lot of people are worried about the big things. It's the small foxes that ruin the vine. And sometimes it's just a little thought and it gets us wound around the axle. We lose our peace and we start fearing that we might not get it right. Oh, but Lord, I don't receive that. Say it with me. I don't receive that. <laughs> yeah. Freedom, grace, and joy be from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. In Jesus' name. Ha ha so tororoko. Yeah, whoa. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, now is the time to come to life for Jesus. Don't be held back. Now is the time for you to come alive and stand for Him. Don't be embarrassed. Don't, don't worry about that. God will protect you. God will shield you. God will show you what to do. Now is the time to be the light you are called to be. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Song ends. Ministry ends. This is an awkward transition. 
It's an awkward transition. If you're up here, just keep receiving. It's very odd. <laughs> you can play some music yeah, lightly. But I do want to tell you this. Normally this next weekend, normally this next weekend is our Holy Ghost weekend. It's still going to be a Holy Ghost weekend, but it's going to look a little different. It's going to look different. We have an opportunity. There's another ministry in the county. Hey, you've heard me say this. We're not... We are not the greatest church. We're a part of the greatest church, right? This weekend we have an opportunity because another ministry in the county is having a revival in Locust, and they specifically reached out to us and asked for our help. And not only is it going to be good and going to be awesome, but we also have a, we have a tent meeting coming up with Ted Shellsworth Jr. Senior at the end of the month. And we want to sow, and we also want to reap help help for that as well, because we're winning souls together. It's not just about our church or another church. It's about the church of Christ. So Thursday night, Friday night, and Saturday, uh, they're going to be doing that. So normally the Holy Ghost weekend is our Friday night, Saturday afternoon, and Sunday uh, afternoon at 4. We'll have the Holy Ghost service next Sunday. We'll still have the Holy Spirit service next Sunday at 4, but Friday night and Saturday, we're going to be sowing into them. You don't have to, but if you would like to volunteer Thursday night, Friday night, or Saturday night, get in touch with Buddy. Buddy, raise your hand. Get in touch with him. Either call the church, contact him, let him know what nights you can be available or anytime. There's, other, there's lots of things to do. And uh, we want as much participation as we can. And uh, I wasn't sure that the Lord wanted us to do that. I was praying over it. But as I came to church this uh, morning, the Lord said, I want you to go do that. And so it was very clear. I said, yes, sir. Amen. Glory to God. So now we have his word on it. We know what to do. And uh, just get in touch with Buddy. Let him know what times. It's going to be awesome. They had how many people registered a few days? Over 800 a few days ago. And climbing. So that's awesome. So let's go serve them. You know, they're serving our king. Let's serve them. Amen? <laughs> let's do that. That's what it's about. So, and it's good. It's not always just about us. It's about others as well. So let's go serve them. All right. We've got some more stuff. I love you. I'll see you at the door. But Barrett's got a couple of announcements. Amen. So if you would like to serve this Thursday, Friday, Saturday, see Buddy. Brother Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. will be here August 22nd through the 28th, 27th, whatever that Friday is. Um, however, they also need assistance in setting up. We, Buddy and I were on the phone with uh, Jonathan Wiley who oversees their crusade and they need help Thursday, like the Thursday before the 22nd, they need help setting up the tent. They're going to need help soul winning throughout the week. Like there is a, a good chunk of stuff that they're believing to see happen here in Stanley County. One of the things that they're going to be doing is literally every single day during the crusade from 10 a.m. I think until 4 p.m. They're going to go out soul winning every door in the county. Like they're going to have a map and cross out where they've been. There's going to be no stone left unturned in this county which means they need assistance. They need men specifically Thursday morning 
possibly Friday morning, depending on how long it takes, able-bodied, strong men to get that tent up. They're going to be tearing down the Saturday after the meeting. There is plenty to do. It's not just us. Other churches in the community are stepping up and serving as well. But our people, if you want to receive on a next-level way of receiving, serve. It's, how, it's what his word says. So we have ECC's revival coming up this weekend. Then the following week, it's like basically two weeks from today, Brother Ted Shuttlesworth Sr. is here. Here in-house. Like he's going to be with us that Sunday morning, and then he's going to be with us for a week. It's going to be phenomenal. Phenomenal. So get ready. Y'all, here, here's what I'm excited about with this. We spent a year and a half being in the house. A year and a half of being told we're shut down, we're locked down, you can't do stuff. It's time for Boomerang to get released. It's time for us to go into the city and be who we're called to be. Y'all get ready because it's going to be a month like no other. You're empowered, now release what you've got. And you've got the spirit of the living God on the inside of you. It's going to be so good. Additionally, one or a couple last things. Youth is tonight, so if you are in grade 6 through 12, come tonight at 4 p.m. to be a part of Ablaze Youth. And one last thing, Impact University starts this month. We're going to be starting back this month. If you are interested in growing, growing your relationship with God, growing deeper in the word, growing, 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 see Deborah Ann Aldridge. She'll hook you up with the information. It's going to be great, but sign up now. If you've been an impact and your life has changed and gone up, give a shout. Hallelujah. It is so good. And it's not just for recent graduates. You can join any time, any age of your life, and your life will go up. Amen. Do you receive today? You going through? Not stopping and camping in the valley, but going through that bad boy? Amen. Lord, I thank you for the spirit of faith that's in this room today. I thank you, Lord, that you have, are, and will lead your people to triumph through Christ each and every single day. We go higher than we've ever been. And I thank you, Lord, that this is our year of increase. This is our harvest time. And we will see the goodness of God in the land of the living now. Oh, we love you and we praise you in Jesus name. Amen. If you have any questions about the volunteering and serving, see Buddy Crabtree and we love you. Be blessed.